This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in to The Scoop, the world's number one UNC football recruiting podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. Right, welcome into the scoop. I'm your host Ross Martin, joined as always by Don Callahan. This podcast is presented to you by Johnny T-shirt on Franklin Street and online at johnnytshirt.com and Blue Shark Vodka, the smoothest vodka in the world. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Inside Carolina Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our YouTube page to watch um, us live on video and and get all the alerts for live podcasts that we do. Uh, we're doing, you know, six a week now, and, and many of them are live. So check that out. Don, what's going on, buddy? Lots going on. When's the last time we recorded a scoop? Three weeks. Has it been just three weeks? Yeah, well, we got jumped by the coast to coast because it's National Signing Day for basketball. Ah, uh, gotcha. Well, Phillies made it to World Series. Got whooped. And just, at, and just as I was believing in them, they lost. Well, they, they, they started the, the series strong, and then, yeah, and then they, the bats went to sleep in. They just yeah. So what's going but, on? What's going on with your shirt situation here? Oh, good. Like undershirt? No, you got an undershirt all. Yeah, collars all messed know, up. Well, I just I literally just jumped out of the shower, threw some clothes on, and only to sit here and have to wait for Ross, who is running behind. That's go. why I texted you. I was like, "Is this the time?" And you're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right." Well then, but anyway. Yeah. Well, I had to do other stuff. I had to send the newsletter. All right, we have a massive show. I mean, what, what's well, what's going on with Ross? I I, I need to know this. Um, I mean, I know you've been. Is it just been work stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, basketball season's kicking off now. I'm not really into basketball yet. Uh, but okay. man, look, nine and one Tar Heels, pretty fun, pretty cool. Drake May is uh, it's he makes it pretty fun to watch. So yes, um, Tar Heels season has been surprisingly incredible. And big one against Georgia Tech, and then NC State, and then ACC championship game, which I'm pumped to is cover. The Georgia Tech, awesome. is, is the Georgia Tech a big one? Because UNC can lose it, and it doesn't even matter. Well, I think every game is big now because of Drake May's Heisman chances. I don't know. It'd be cool. It's cool to go undefeated. Yeah, no, I know. You you want to have the best record. I just um, it's it's one of those games that I feel like it's like you you UNC obviously wants to win. I'm not trying to say they should lose or just roll over or, or wrestle the stars or anything like that. I'm just saying. 
everyone always has uses that term big game and yeah. I feel like this is you know Georgia Tech does have a coach you know yeah, they've won they've, have, they beat Pitt they, they beat Duke yeah I just think it's I think in order for Drake May to win the Heisman and to have an outside chance of making the college football playoff you got to win every game and, and win them big now yeah um, so yeah all right let's get into it um couple things we're gonna go through always lay out the show here decommitment from Rico Walker, which was one of the biggest commits UNC had in the 2023 class. Was this Saturday? Friday? Friday night. Friday night. Friday 10 night. o'clock. He tweeted it. Or, and then deleted the tweet. Are we yeah. getting... I'll let you lay out the show. Yeah, we'll yeah. Get into so it. we're going to talk about Rico Walker. I'm sure a lot of people are interested in kind of the inside scoop on that. We're then going to go through what remains for UNC's 2023 class. They currently have... Now they have 19 commitments, and they have five remaining kind of targets out there that they're actively recruiting. So we'll go through those five briefly. Um, and then we are going to – I think there's some other guys interesting to talk about, Kavion Keys, Joshua Horton, some guys that you know are looking elsewhere as well. Um, and then we'll get into some team talk. Dodson has some questions for me about the UNC football team in the 2021 season – Twenty. 22 season and then we'll get out of here sound good i struggle with the year thing too i'm always um usually someone catches or a bank catches it in my stories i you know i just i don't know i guess because i feel like the years just fly by so quickly yeah. it's gonna be 2023 soon like yeah. really soon and i have another question after the team stuff i have a related question to you uh-huh. um a suggestion from ben sherman Oh, God. A topic idea from Ben Sherman. He just messaged me about it. Oh, boy. Well, um, we also did you mention we're going to get into holiday talk at the end? <laughs> yes, that's what you said. <laughs> we don't have time. We don't have time. I just yeah. want to know. I mean, if, if Ross needs a place to crash, you know, spend the holidays. There you, you go. Know, my, my door is open. All right, let's get my into man, it. My man tower is open for Ross. That's right. I need to get over there. All right. Rico Walker, Don. Um, he committed to UNC. You went to the commitment. It was June twenty fourth. No, sorry, July eighteenth. Committed to Tar Heels. Decommits November eleventh on Veterans Day. Um, what happened? As much, um, as you can, as much as you can tell us. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think the main thing is is you know I don't want to. I mean, a lot of this stuff is kind of out there, but um, don't want to. Um, I don't know. I guess disparage the kid too much. Um got some off-field issues with him, you know, suspensions at school sort of thing. A lot of this stuff is out there on the message boards. And, um, you know, it just was a situation where, you know, you and, they mutually agreed it was best for both parties to kind of go in separate directions. Now, how it went down, um, from my understanding, he was supposed to make some sort of announcement this week um, but surprisingly just sent out a tweet on Friday night at 10 o'clock quickly. Well, maybe like after five minutes or so deleted the tweet. Uh, by that point, a bunch of people had retweeted the tweet with quotes or not quotes with, you know, saying, you know, Rico Walker decommitted. And then after he deleted his tweet, he retweeted those tweets with his deleted tweet, which didn't make any sense. But he has since deleted all those tweets. And I don't think there has been any sort of – I tried to reach out to Rico. Uh, he eventually turned off his phone. Um, 
and uh, I tried to reach out to his coach, but it, but but you know, Jeez, cat. I, I, I know. Hey, At one thing. Point, hey, Don, move your mic a little bit farther away from your mouth. There you go. The um, yeah. I mean, at some point, for our purposes, you know, we, you know, getting his side of things doesn't really matter all that much. So you know, okay. he's not going to be part of this class. North Carolina's not going to recruit him. Okay. So was it UNC's decision to cut ties? It's a mutual decision. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to see what I can ask. It was just, it was just, it was just best for both parties, I think. And I mean, I, you know, because of things that happen off the field. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't. What do you think he wasn't getting to Carolina? Was that one? I don't know specific specifics, but I mean, did, did you read any of this stuff on the message board? Yeah, I mean, what, I went, um, I went, I went through most of it. I think. What did you read? It's easier for me, I think, if you just say what you read on the message. I mean, I saw that he brought a BB gun to camp, to school. Yeah, and which is, if that is true, very stupid in this day and age to do to do that. I mean, I, whether it's harmless or not, it's just in this day and age, it's just completely not very smart. Yeah. So, okay. You know. Yeah, so uh, Rico Walker, 6'3", 233, in-state guy, Hickory, one uh, ranked 188 in the nation, 24-ranked edge rusher. I mean, this was a big name, 24-7 mm -hmm. uh, sports, four-star guy. He visited UNC a bunch, was kind of flirting with Tennessee and, and UNC. Maryland. And, yeah, Maryland was a big pickup, a big in-state pickup, one of the more talented guys in the state. Yeah. Um, I think there was one point where he was in the, their top, UNC's top um, – commitment i think some adjustments to the rankings and he's no longer he was no longer the top guy I well i think i think if you look, oh yeah okay i was reading the 24 7 sports ranking nationally uh composite rankings 208 um he was one of three edge rushers they still have jay Bron harvey mm -hmm. and tyler thompson mm -hmm. he was three and so and i read your scoop they're not going to try to get another edge rusher unless a really talented guy emerges. Yeah. So basically the way North Carolina, they don't have a whole lot of needs left, but I mean, if someone pops up regardless of position, someone pops up and is an elite guy, they feel like could eventually help the program. They're going to take them regardless of position, but mm -hmm. uh, with specific to the edge rusher position, this is given a little way, a little bit of the scoop away, but um, is that they, they, they don't have a whole lot of need for this class at that position. I mean, you, you mentioned the guys that they already had committed. Yeah. Good point there. So, so um, pretty happy. Yeah. I mean, you don't want people, if they're going to mess up in high school, they might be a bad, you know, bad apple when they get to campus. Um, and look, a lot of these kids don't pan out in, in general. Yeah. And I think it's more and more important to recruit um, personality and work ethic. Not, not to say that he doesn't have any of that, but I think, Mac Brown mentioned this. You want someone who loves football and that was going to work hard and that is going to be able to balance education and, um, and, and athletic stuff. And, you know, half every class, half the kids won't pan out like they won't yeah. be starters. And yeah. then you, maybe one or two will make the NFL. Um, and so it's just I think I think recruiting get to know the player recruiting type of player that's going to be able to be successful in college is more important than ever. So. All right. Any more, anything else on Rico Walker? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is that with Rico, it was always going to be he was a toolsy kid and he flashed some potential, but he was always going to be 
a kid that you're going to have to coach up and, you know, high, high ceiling. You know, he definitely had some, you know, first round potential, but he also had, he was a little bit of a boomer bust is what I'm basically saying. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Okie dokie. All right. We're going to put to bed the Rico Walker. It was nice to know you, Rico. It was nice, Rico. Any final <laughs> words? <laughs> Any final words for Rico? I, I gave my final words. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get the ad reads out of the way here. Um, of course, the scoop and all of Inside Carolina's podcast is brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. I've been rocking the crew neck sweatshirts. It's that time of the year. Get your hooded sweatshirts, crew neck sweatshirts, anything you need from Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com online and on Franklin Street, JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Uh, remember, all Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their discount. Um, their order with the promo code found on the premium football and basketball message board. So one of the perks of being an inside Carolina subscriber, I'm assuming most people listen to this, do subscribe because this is the hardcore podcast. This is not for the, the casual fan. So we appreciate y'all support Johnny t-shirt, support local, support independent companies like us and support Johnny t-shirt.com. Of course, blue shark vodka, the sponsor of calling the shots, which has been going great this year. We appreciate their support. Connor Barth and all the guys over at Blue Shark Vodka. They're blowing up in Wrightsville Beach, available in all 100 counties. Check them out. You ready for my holiday cocktail? Holiday punch, Don? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Blue Shark Vodka. Okay. Cranberry juice. Okay. Ginger ale. Okay. Ice cubes. And then sliced oranges, sliced horizontally, and then and then drop in some cranberries. And it's like a little punch. Um, okay. It's good for Thanksgiving because it's got the orange, got the red. And it's good for Christmas as well. So Blue Shark Vodka Holiday Punch. Check them out. Tell them Inside Carolina sent you. If you're making that cocktail or using Blue Shark Vodka, tweet at me. I'll retweet you. Um, we appreciate their support. The smoothest vodka in the world, Blue Shark Vodka. National ads real quick. We'll get back with more of the Scoop Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we're back. Don, how's it going? It's going great. All right, let's keep moving here. UNC has five remaining targets um, in the 2023 class. We're going to run through them. Don, I want you to give us position, uh, location, and status of where the recruitment stands right now. These are guys that UNC would take um, in the 2023 class, correct? Yes. Okay. Jordan Louie. Running back from Georgia, Meadow Creek is the exact high school. Uh, where, where, did I answer everything except for where he stands? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he decommit. Well, so he's a long time or 
He's been committed to West Virginia since um, June, but uh, visited a bunch of schools over the over the season, including North Carolina, where he was offered. And then um, Friday, decommitted from West Virginia, which I think was just kind of more of a formality. It doesn't really change a whole lot. Uh, he intends on um, taking an official visit to North Carolina. Um, there's some other schools involved there too, but uh, this probably won't reach a resolution until mid-December because he wants to take some some visits, but things are looking good for North Carolina in this recruitment. Who else is involved? So um, there's the very to varying degrees, Georgia, Florida State, Kansas, and UCF. Okay. And you, and you think UNC is in a good spot? Yeah, I mean, some of these, you know, Georgia and Florida State have not offered. There's, you know, they're messing with them a little bit. They're kind of in the same boat as North Carolina. You know, it's just North Carolina decided to move forward with an offer. Okay. All right, Jordan Louie, talented prospect, considering UNC. So would he announce before the first opening of the signing day? Yeah, so, so I believe his intentions are if he if he has all the information necessary and he's ready, he'll make the decision so that he can – he can sign in uh, December. Um, I think a lot with, with a lot of these guys, if they feel like they need more time, they'll take it to February. But that's his plan: is to sign in December. All right, great. Isaiah Johnson, moving right along. Yeah, so this is a kid from uh, Richmond, Virginia, Thomas Jefferson High School. Um, he's he's one we we talked about. I think at the last podcast, late late bloomer, basically, um, and picked up a bunch of offers the last two months north carolina was one of the first ones you know he's still kind of going through his his um visits um i think he has an official schedule with virginia tech has talked about taking an official to north carolina south carolina is involved um penn state's involved um there's a few other schools that he's interested in but i don't know if this his field has completely settled but north carolina is definitely a, a major player in this recruitment Okay, well, how do, what's the timeline? He's probably going to be another one where the the plan is December, but if he feels like he needs it, I don't. He has not taken any official visits yet, and you know we're running out of weekends if we're being mm -hmm. honest. And so, um, you know, if he feels like he's ready, he's going to sign December, but has the option to take it to February. And what position will he play at UNC? You so he's admit. being recruited as an athlete, and. Um, you know he's played the, so so obviously everyone well if you follow this closely you know North Carolina is the one remaining need is DB uh, but he's played DB the last couple of years but it was at wide receiver and as a returner that schools including North Carolina really started to take notice of him those are the two positions where he's really kind of shined you know this football season that caused North Carolina offer um, so could be DB they really like what he has to offer as a return man. But also, I, I wouldn't rule out a wide receiver either. Okay. We need to get him a profile picture. We do. Yeah, we do. Maybe, maybe you can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, Braden Hillman. Brandon. Brandon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's a uh, Tidewater guy. S very similar situation to Isaiah Johnson where mm -hmm. he um, – you know, everyone's known about him, but mostly as a quarterback. I, I think he was um, Mr. Football or whatever it was for the state of Virginia as a junior. But a lot of schools 
you know, most most of the big schools didn't really like him as a quarterback. He started playing some safety where his physicality started to shine. And North Carolina and a few other schools, Notre Dame, Kentucky, uh, Miami, um, offered him um, just watching his physicality and his playmaking ability at the um, the DB position. Although some of those schools like Notre Dame like him as like an a, a offensive athlete, maybe like a running back, maybe some sort of hybrid position, that sort of thing. But uh, so he's taken official visits to Notre Dame and Kentucky. You know, we've read a story on him a week ago, so I urge everyone to kind of give that give that a read. Um, UNC is definitely under consideration for an official visit. You know, his his recruitment is still um, it, it's it feels like it's starting to end, starting to reach the end of mm-hmm. his recruitment. I, I mean, I fully expect him to be committed to some school before December. Okay, yeah, it looks like Notre Dame is the favorite right now. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, I would yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that was false. Okay. There's a double negative in there. All right, Norris Wilson out of Florida. New name for me. Yeah, so his situation, North Carolina offered him in August. At that point, he was already on the fast track to an Auburn commitment. He just needed to kind of take the official visit to Auburn. It was one of the schools, one of the few schools that recruited him throughout the summer. A lot of other schools like North Carolina kind of came on towards the end of the summer. So anyway, so he goes, takes the official visit to Auburn and commits to the Tigers. But it was just mere hours after Auburn fired its coach. He decommitted and that opened the door for North Carolina, a few other schools. So UNC is kind of talking to him and at the same time kind of weighing just, you know, what their needs are if they truly want to take an offensive lineman in this class or maybe save some of those scholarships for the transfer report or, or, or whatever. But uh, I talked to him the other day and there's definitely uh, a bunch of communication coming from North Carolina. Okay. Janoris Wilson, six of five, two eighty-five. The Florida kid. Three-star Lakeland, Florida. Yeah. UNC doesn't recruit much Florida anymore. Um, but there you have it. I wonder. Yeah. I, th- I think there's some decisions to be made along UNC's offensive line because I think some guys can, you know, go pro if they wanted to. Um, the the COVID year has affected a lot. I think it's like Austin Richards had a really good year. He's a senior, but he has the extra year. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with UNC's offensive line next year. Um. Corey Gaynor. Let's see who else. Uh. William Barnes and Ed Montillas are both seniors. I think they both have an extra year. I'm not sure. It says that Montillas is a grad student. Yeah, sure. I think that UNC does the grad student thing if they've already graduated college. Yeah, not yeah. So he is a, he's a senior by year. Because they're the same. They're the same class. Yeah, he's a redshirt senior, so he is. He does have another year. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they could return. I don't. I'm not sure about Corey Gaynor's status. Um. Okay. Moving on. Uh, last one. This is a new name as well. A new offer for the Tar Heels. Michael Short out of uh, Charlotte, right? Yes. Malik yeah, Creek High School. Yeah, linebacker. He's currently an ECU commitment. So to answer your question real quick before we get, get to um, Michael, Corey Gaynor, I believe, is out of eligibility. Even I think this well, I think there's some stuff there. I just I can't. I don't think I'm at liberty to talk about it. But I think there's an okay. opportunity. I think there's just an opportunity. He yeah, got. there's always some stuff. Um, yeah. I guess 
you know, to apply for th certain things. I don't know yeah. anything about that. That's a Ross question. Yeah. That's why I always say. I wish I hadn't brought it up. But. <laughs> um, okay. So Michael Short. Yes. Um, a linebacker um, ha having a good senior season. He's an ECU commit. And UNC has. Uh, UNC loves ECU him. commits. UNC has already. Well, the, the thing is, is when you have a need, I think some fans. Ex, I don't. I don't know what they expect. Um, but it sounds like they. Um, I think you just shake the the four star tree, and a four star falls down. But or you try to poach someone from like Alabama, which is not going to happen. So typically, in recruiting. You know, there's other, there's plenty of other situations, but you usually kind of go down the food chain and you have to go to someone ECU. Great, great spot to go. Um, you know, Mike Houston, I think, has done a good job. of Great uh, spot to some. go. <laughs> I mean, well, late, late, in the, late in the process. Yeah. Um, we talked about this a little bit off the air. I mean, ECU is not having a bad year. But anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, we ran a story on him earlier in the week. So check that out. But um definitely is interested in, in at least visiting North Carolina. Some things need to be worked out. Um, I hope to have a little bit more on that later on in the week, but um, yeah, I mean, um, it's really for him. Um, Missouri actually offered him also on Friday, North Carolina just offered this past Friday, but Missouri also offered him. Uh, but that's distance wise. He's not going to entertain that opportunity. So it's really down to North Carolina and East Carolina. So we'll see who wins. The third round. Yeah, UNC is becoming East Carolina West. Um, six foot three, two twenty, so great frame. Um, so I think a lot of people are wondering. And I know you mentioned this in your scoop that this is not backup for KV on keys, is no. it? No. So why are they yeah, adding? So the, why would they want to add so, to the linebacker? Um. So let me. Um. I can. I can actually pull you into this conversation a little bit. So. Mac Brown mentioned, I guess, a few weeks ago for the bye week that they were doing some conversations with the players, kind of get their mindset. <laughs> what what was I mean? Just what did what did Mac basically say? I guess express to you guys what what the plan was to kind of get from those players. I mean, nothing. I don't really remember anything coming out of it in particular that stood out. I think well, in the for, bye week they had that conversation about. You know, I think it's for players who aren't playing a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I think yeah, I think they do talk some NFL stuff, but mm -hmm. I think you're you're getting to whether Cedric Gray goes pro or not. Is that your point? It's actually, from my understanding, is not real, not necessarily related to Cedric Gray. Um, I, you know, I think potentially, you know, there's other. I mean, I I think you're going to see just in general, not just with North Carolina, and a lot of other schools, you're going to see guys enter the transfer portal. I mean, that's what's going to happen, and I think that North Carolina during those meetings was getting an idea of. Just who's going to leave in general, whether it's for the NFL draft or the transfer portal or whatever. And so based off of those conversations, felt like they needed to take a fourth linebacker in this class. And um, as I said, you know, Michael Schwartz is, is a you know, great option just because he's a good senior season. He's a kid from a Charlotte powerhouse. He plays for a former UNC linebacker who was coached by Tommy Thickman. That's Kennedy Tinsley. And, um, I mean, he's playing against great competition week in, week out. Um, so, um, you know, definitely a good prospect. And a lot of people have drawn some comparisons to Cedric Gray. And mm -hmm. I think those are fair for, for, the, for the most part. Um, and uh, so I think he matches that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
So he fits what North Carolina is trying to do at this position. Um, I was going to ask, forgot. Um, oh, it brought up. I mean, it, what, what UNC's needs in the transfer portal. We don't want Michael Short. Anything else on him? Oh, my question for him is: Would he commit? I mean, it's a kind of foregone conclusion that he would flip. Like whenever it's kind of pushed. Yeah, I mean, I think he had an interesting quote um, that when I, in, in my story I read earlier. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of push to that. Just read that. Um, I think I think most kids, you know, if you're faced with the ECU and UNC offer, you, most kids are gonna make the same decision. Uh, but I think a lot of kids, when you've been committed to a school for a long time, you develop relationships, you develop loyalties, you develop respect. And so I think you're going to want to not just completely jump ship, no pun intended. Um, I think you want to kind of, you know, do your due diligence. Uh, he has visited North Carolina for a junior day, but that was back, I think, in January. So uh, I think visiting is is obviously important. Uh, I know that that's what I would want to do, you know. Um, and so, so yeah, so I think he's going to kind of run through the process a little bit and then just kind of go from there. Let's talk. Tra- let's, let's talk transfer portal a second. Do okay. you know any? Have you heard any buzz or anything about who UNC is going to pursue? Because, like you said, UNC is going to lose some players to transfer portal. They're going to need to add some players too. Well, we talk- I'm not reporting that. I'm just saying, just yeah. statistically well, I, speaking, yeah. yeah, the expectation should be there. Players that aren't playing as much might want to leave. Um, yeah. You got a, I mean, you got a uh, busy. Running back room, you got wide receivers that aren't playing as much. You've got um, defensive linemen, linebackers who aren't – I mean, I don't know. And then um, – I'm losing my train of thought a lot. Uh, and then you would think <laughs> they'd like to add some players. Like, I think safety we – talk, we talked about this on the beat, that safety, they need an impact player at safety. They, you know, they could use a, a star edge rusher potentially. You know, if because Noah Taylor's gone, obviously, they're, they're losing a – um um. Rico Walker, like there's some spots where they could really improve the talent like they did last season with Corey Gaynor and Noah Taylor and Spencer Rowland. So I'm wondering um, if you heard anything in terms of, of what they're going to pursue if needed. Yeah, so nothing solid, like a specific target sort of thing. And I think some of that is, you know, technically guys can't enter the portal until, mm-hmm. you know, what is it like? It's, it's still a few weeks away. Yeah, and... so there, there's a, this is new. This is a new yes, time new rule. period. But it, what opens, we've seen, it opens in December, closes at some point, it opens yes. again after spring practice, like in May. Yes, correct. Um, but what we have seen is guys kind of almost like commit to entering the transfer portal, which is a little strange. And I guess you don't want to say, okay, we're going to pursue this kid and this kid have a change of heart and not enter the portal. But um, and, and you're probably going to have a lot more options, you know, once guys are are technically allowed to enter the portal but um you know it's going to be interesting because i think the majority of the guys north carolina has taken out of the portal recently um have been graduate students guys who have actually graduated college um they found a lot more success in getting those sort of kids to transfer in you know a few of the exceptions were um the two ohio state guys and Mm -hmm. but both of those were, were great students so I'm really interested to see just how, um, you know, if North Carolina is able to kind of get through some of those obstacles, which has proven to be difficult the past couple of years with recruiting certain kids, um, 
But in addition to that, I mean, it, it, you know, the transfer portal, at least before, well, up until this point, the transfer portal hasn't been, at least for North Carolina, you know, UNC, okay, we need this guy and we need this position. Let's get this position. It's been more of a, and there have been some exceptions, but more of a, oh, look at this, look at this defense alignment, look at this DB, let's take these guys. I mean, that's what happened with Ohio State. They weren't looking for defense alignment. They weren't yeah. looking for a DB, but they had that opportunity and they grabbed those guys. You know, if you remember, they wanted some wide receivers. They couldn't find any that worked for them from an academic and athletic standpoint. So thus far for North Carolina, it hasn't been a, we need this, let's get this sort of situation. It's been, let's get what we can. And that's what I'm curious to see. Does that change? Is there, is there more variety in there? Is the UNC admissions a little bit, you know, working more with the program a little bit more to help them with that? So um, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. How's your relationship with Moose Muhammad? <laughs> I don't know why everyone keeps on bringing him. <laughs> well, I know, um, I guess, you know, he played with Drake. But I mean, you know, um, I don't know how close those guys were because like Drake played for the Carolina Stars in the 707 scene and Moose decided to play for Hustle Inc. in Atlanta. Uh, that was just that kid's mentality. Why drive that far when you have a you know top team? Um, you know, and he went to A&M, I think, because his dad's former teammate was the wide receivers coach. Mm hmm. But um, and I was reading something about how he's been injured the last couple of weeks and but he's coming back and expected to play a whole lot because of um, I don't know. So um, I haven't spoken to Moose since he committed to Texas A&M. You know, he was a great kid, um, just not a guy that that we had like this tremendous relationship with sort of thing. Yeah, he just you know, some message board rumors just because he got benched apparently in the last game and texting him is having a really bad season. So there's, and he's a Charlotte kid. So there's just like more message board people making it up that, you know, if you were to transfer, UNC would be a good destination because they have Drake May, because UNC is likely losing Josh Downs, Antoine Green. There'd be a spot to come in and start immediately. So that's where that's going from. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I could see it. I, I have not heard anything, you know, I mean, he's not in the portal. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, yeah. Maybe, so, maybe that changes in a few weeks, but I, you yeah, know. pretty wild December when when bowl games end and stuff, or or maybe even before that about players leaving. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on. So that kind of concludes. Oh, um, Kavion Keys. What's going on with him? UNC commitment. So, UNC commitment. Yeah. Kavion Keys, uh, linebacker commitment out of Virginia. Yes, Richmond, Virginia. So he, um, when he committed, he made no bones about it. He was going to take official visits to other schools. He attended Penn State's whiteout game against uh, Minnesota. Uh, and he doesn't have anything scheduled, but um, he still intends on taking official visits. I kind of go a little bit in detail um, in the scoop this week. So check that out. But um, yeah, that's his intentions. Everything I talk, you know, even talking to him, we ran a story with him probably about it's probably been about a month ago where he said, you know, I don't I don't see any school beating out North Carolina. I think that the location matters a lot for his family mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of schools that can match that. Virginia Tech's one of them. But I mean, you know, he had the opportunity to pick Virginia Tech when he picked North Carolina and he chose North Carolina. You know, Penn State's another one that's not super far away. And he had the opportunity to pick Penn State. Uh, and instead 
picked North Carolina, you know, took an official to Penn State in June and still picked North Carolina. I mean, has anything really changed all that much to where he's going to nail change, you know, pick one of these schools? I mean, I don't think so. But I mean, um, so everything I've heard is that he's expected to stick to UNC, but it's always it's always dicey anytime one of your commitments visits another school. Richmond, Virginia is five hours and four minutes right now to State College. Oh, sorry, to Happy Valley, right? Yeah, but State College, but yeah. And how far is yeah, it from yeah, yeah, Chapel yeah, yeah. Hill? What, like four hours? Uh, five hours and four minutes, and then Chapel Hill, is that's an easy drive. I've made it a couple times. Um, It's two hours and 30 minutes. Really? Okay, I guess because cause it's about... Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So it is. And, so it is and when, to... when you drive from Richmond to Happy Valley, you have to go through the DC traffic. Mm. And that's a big. I I know this firsthand. That's a big uh, problem. There you go. Okay, so Kevin Keys, keep an eye on him. So it's Penn State. Anybody else that he's flirting with? Texas A&M, but okay. I think you know the distance is you know is yeah, going to make that they're, difficult. They're a disaster right now. Yeah, but right. you know they're still landing big time recruits. So yeah. yeah. And then Joshua Horton, I saw his name mentioned as well. Yeah, and I think actually, even though he's, I don't know, only visiting, only messing with, with Auburn, and he's downplayed it all, I think that's the most dangerous. Just because, you know, Auburn's really close. He has a, a friend committed there who stayed committed, even though they don't have a head coach. And you got to think that whoever is hired as head coach is going to make – that school a priority and if nothing else try to get a couple that that uh, um langston hughes high school consistently produces big time recruits so um you know getting into that school early on is going to be a you know good decision for that head coach the problem is that they don't have a head coach right now and we've seen in the past where um programs have kind of botched you know when they hire a coach and all that so you gotta you gotta you know, put that in consideration. But he's visiting North Carolina this weekend, which is which is a you know huge thing for the Tar Heels. Yeah, it's crazy how close Atlanta is to Auburn. I mean, his high school, he's on the southwestern side of Atlanta. He's only an hour and twenty minutes from Auburn. Yeah. Fairborn, Georgia. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh so keep an eye on those two. Let's move on. Gotta get out of here. I got Mac Brown press conference in 15 minutes. Um, we're recording here on a Wednesday morning. All right, let's get into some team talk here, Don, and get out of here. What do you have for me on the nine and one coastal champion Tar Heels? So the the main topic of my weekly scoop this week was about the tight end position, and one of the, one of the things that I guess um, I was talked about mostly from some of the the subscribers was um, just just how much the tight end position has kind of evolved within Phil Longo's offense, as far as you know. I, I went through the stats or whatever, but but right now, I mean, the tight end is being targeted, is being involved in the offense way more now than it was when first Longo came in there. And so it was kind of a chicken and egg thing. Was it a matter? You know, so I want to get your opinion on, was it a matter of early on they didn't have the, the, the tight ends? Or do you think it's more of, you know, John Lilly comes in and says, hey, let's, let's use these tight ends? <laughs> I, I think... Bryson Nesbitt brings a little bit something different. I think they're very confident in Kamar Morales, John Copenhaver, 
and Bryson Nesbitt. And maybe it's just an evolution of Longo being more comfortable as a play caller, where mm -hmm. figuring out different ways to use them. Um, I'm trying to think who are the who are the wide uh, tight ends the first three. The years? main one was Walston. Garrett, Garrett Walston, Kamar Morales, mm -hmm. um, who was younger. Yeah, and who's the guy that went to Alabama? Um, oh, um, Tucker, uh, Carl Tucker. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he was really there for that. So I don't know. I think it's an evolution of um, of Longo becoming a, a better play caller, and I think Bryson Nesbitt adds something that they didn't have in any of them. I mean, he is a matchup nightmare. You know, wide receiver speed, huge catch radius, and then Morales is very, very solid. And Copenhaver, I don't know if you saw this coming, but I mean, he is. I mean, he. He gets about two or three catches a game for mm -hmm. 20, 40 yards. It seems like every catch he makes is, is like 15-plus, so he's been nice for him. Well, did you expect that out of him as a recruit? I didn't necessarily expect that out of him. Um, Nesbitt, though, was a big play kid. He played wide receiver in high school, um, but he was a big play kid, um, was really big on the 7-on-7 seven seven stuff and always played wide receiver, outside receiver. So that, you know, you can kind of see coming a little bit. But you know mm -hmm. what? Garrett Walston. I mean, he very similar. I mean, he was a wide receiver at um, what was a new New Hanover High School in Wilmington, and I mean, I felt like for at least Longo, he was used mostly as just a, a blocker. I mean, he caught yeah. passes, but mostly as a blocker. Yeah, I'm not sure I mean, what happened. We love Garrett Wallace. I'm not sure what really happened with him. I mean, he just didn't have the the college career. I think we expect him. He was a Georgia. I mean, he, Georgia wanted him. Georgia, he's a Georgia commit. Yeah. He was a Georgia point. commit, and he yeah. got a bump in the rankings because of that. And UNC benefited because he flipped at the very end. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Nesbitt's been exact used exactly as he was told he was going to be used in his recruitment. Like they're definitely targeted him. Anything else on the team? Yeah, well, I did. I did. You mentioned earlier in the uh, podcast just about um, you know um, Drake May's Heisman chances, and then also the the UNC chances for potentially playing in the playoff. Where do you, if you had to kind of um, handicap it, where where would you put the chances for either of those items to happen? Well, I think college football playoffs going to be tough. They're 13. They're behind, you know, USC. They're behind, obviously, they have to win out. Um, behind USC, behind TCU. A lot of things are going to have to happen in front of them for it to happen. I mean, they are behind two, two lost teams. Tennessee is ahead of them. Oh, another one lost team. So, uh, Greg breaks it down pretty well in an article on Inside Carolina, but I think a lot of teams ahead of them are going to have to lose. Like if TCU wins out, they're going to get in ahead of UNC. I think Tennessee has a chance to get in, even if they don't make the the yeah. championship game, they won't make it. Um, but I think I think Drake has a pretty good chance now to get invited to New York. I think okay. his main competition is is CJ Stroud because um, mm -hmm. that kind of he's on like the best team. You know he's. He's a high-profile, high-state quarterback, but man, he's getting a lot of buzz. You're seeing it more nationally now. Um, it's so he's so consistent uh, every game. I think he's had 290 plus yards in every game, which is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, touchdown at least one touchdown or more in every game. So it's unbelievable. Let me ask you the question that, that Ben asked me. Okay. Okay. Said, uh, if you're short on topics, it'd be interesting to get Don to detail what he saw from Downs and May in high school as prospects. I know we've touched on this a little bit. Let's go to Downs because we, I think in a previous podcast, we did talk about Drake May. Um, one thing I always bring up is your comment about Drake May always being, he was very accurate in high school. That was a big thing that stood out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was more of just his calm demeanor 
and he just dissected the defense. And it was and a lot of times, you know, I, I saw tons of seven on seven with him with. I know it's not football, but um, I get the interesting perspective where a lot of times I'll be behind the quarterback so I can kind of see what he's seeing. And he would just march down the field, just picking apart the the defense. The other thing which kind of stood out to me the one time was um, I at the one the one I can't remember which one it was, and I told uh, Gavin Blackwell he was on the same seven on seven team, and I said, "Hey, I need a photo of you." He looked at Drake, did something, said something. It wasn't like you know, like, like actual words, it was like movements, whatever. And Drake said, okay. And literally Drake threw a bomb to him and, and, and Gavin caught the ball. Um, and these are competitive seven on sevens where the, the opponents are, are, are legit opponents. And it just was amazing that Drake basically was like, okay, I'm going to complete a pass to Gavin and that's it. You know, and he was able to do that. Um, but as far as downs, I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. said, so, so what do you see from downs as a high school prospect? And because he's he's one of the best receivers in the country right now. Yeah, so he was the most polished receiver I've ever seen in person coming out of high school, and a lot of that is in terms you know, of everybody or just UNC commitments. It's anybody that I've seen in person. Okay, any, any receiver I've seen in person. Now I don't travel nationally; it's all regionally. Um, but I do go into Georgia and, and see these guys, and he was just so nuanced in knowing what to do with everything and constantly getting open. Um, you know, I mean, just, I mean, he knew the position inside and out, you know, his dad's a college coach, you know, you look at what type of player his brother has developed into. So clearly it's kind of that household is like a football factory and that's all mm -hmm. they focus on. I mean, um, he's just one of those guys that just, was kind of groomed to be an NFL receiver from probably the time he started walking. And, you know, even though if you think about me, he's not, he's, he's definitely undersized as far as height wise, but it, it just doesn't matter because he's, he worked on his speed. He's, he was one of the fastest guys. He would always be, you know, one of the fastest guys in the combines I would go to. Um, but he was just dominating on the one-on-ones and the seven-on-sevens. And he played for Hustle Inc., which is one of the top um, seven-on-sevens teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, because um, at that time when he enrolled in North Carolina, they had um, the three receivers that were pretty much set um, with Diami going blank now. Um, Daz Newsom. Daz Newsom. And then I can't remember the other. Who they had committed? Uh, no, no, I'm talking about the hat that they were established receivers at the time and basically prevented Josh from playing at all during his true freshman season. He didn't play into that. Really, he didn't play into that bowl game. But I remember thinking, man, I mean, this kid, I mean, he he he's doesn't there's no um, acclimation period for him need it. It was just an opportunity and he didn't have that opportunity to the bowl game. But he was as ready as anyone coming out of high school ready to play. We saw it in the bowl game and obviously we saw it when he got his opportunity to shine the following season. And we, you know, and we're seeing just this, I mean, it's, it, it the last game was so incredibly impressive. It's, it's almost unfair just how open he's able to get. Yeah. You know, and he plays so big. Like, I mean, he, you know, you see him in person he's, he's definitely not the tallest receiver you've ever seen, but he plays so big because of his leaping ability, because his understanding of just different things and, and the reps he's done over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pulling up that season to see um, who was the other receiver. Choffrey Brown was the second second receiver that year. 
Which was the the year which was Bo Corrales uh, was Josh. there, Emory Simmons. Yeah. Maybe it was Bo. But they only they had was... two, but Daz Newsom was the guy who was taking a spot. Daz yeah, Newsom yeah, has, yeah. Had, had fifty four catches. But I wonder mm. if if I, I really wonder if, if Downs could have been a more impact guy than I mean, Daz was really good, so it's hard yeah. to um but yeah, you called it. I mean, I remember your your um evaluations on Downs, you're super, super high on him and he's turned out to be unbelievable. I mean, he'll probably go down you know, if he had that freshman year, you know, he could go down as a hole with every single record. But I think just because they only really played two years, given the fact that he he didn't really play much as a freshman, he won't have the numbers as some of the other guys, like Switzer, in terms of career at UNC. So, yeah. had four, you know, since played, I guess, he didn't play much as a freshman, but three years as a as a receiver. So, yeah, I think Downs is gone. And, and yeah, Drake May, Downs. I think it's, I think Drake will be affected by losing Downs. Downs just is such a weapon. Um, in the red zone and he, he so easily gets open. It's just like yeah, a it's, safety valve for, for Drake. Yeah. And he just, as I said, he just, he plays so big. I mean, he's a slot guy clearly, but no, he's, I mean, I, I expect him to have a, have a, have a very good NFL career, but yeah. I, I, you know, when, when downs was missing, you know, I, you know, Drake still put up big numbers. I mean, obviously it was a lot easier, but um, with downs, but I mean, Drake put up some big numbers when, yeah. um, you know, Kobe Pacer had to fill in for him. Excited to see what Andre Green can be. It's just it's it's odd we yes. haven't seen him much. I know he's been banged up with injuries, but I'm excited to see what he can do next year. What is? Um, I mean, I know you don't get a whole lot of information, but what is the latest on that situation? Nothing, nothing new. I think there was some. It was it wasn't a serious injury, but it was something he had um, early on in the season that kept him out, and then he just hasn't he hasn't played much since. So, yeah. but you know, he was super hyped up. So we'll see. Um, cause I think next year, I, I think they could get a transfer, but you know, you have Kobe Pace Sauer, you have JJ Jones, and then you have, mm-hmm. um, who's the freshman from Virginia? Not, uh, not Andre Green, the other one. Oh, um, Chapman. Yeah. Doc Chapman. They like him a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Gavin. Gavin I feel like, I feel like, um, Kobe, Doc is that slot guy. So he could face a similar situation. The yeah. downs where you're just talking about where he can't get on the field because Kobe's done a really good job in, in his opportunities. Mm-hmm. All right, you let's know. get out of here. You said you want to talk about holiday plans? Yeah, what are your holiday plans? You're still invited to my house no matter what, I'll Ross. be it. I'll be in Portland covering a really? basketball tournament. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Wednesday, Wednesday to Monday. So I'm hopefully doing Thanksgiving with my family on Sunday, this Sunday, after the basketball okay. game. Um. And then we'll be in Portland Wednesday for five nights. It's a crazy long trip across the what, country. Um, what about Christmas? I don't know. I have no idea the basketball schedule. So what? Yeah, you come in. Eve. You come into the Man Tower for Christmas? <laughs> no, Christmas but, Eve. <laughs> I'll be in Greensboro probably. Always do Christmas in Greensboro. By you. So I kidnapped my dad. So mm-hmm. um, I missed the. Uh, the the pit game it's my first home unc game that i was allowed to go to because remember we had the COVID stuff i wasn't allowed to go to some of those games but um in like something like 15 years because my sister got married that weekend and uh, we drove up there and um i figured i wasn't going to leave without anything so i I grabbed him and um, brought him down here my mom's actually supposed to come and join him tomorrow actually so uh they both will be in town she has to work he's retired yada yada um so Your sister just got married? Here. My sister just got married. Congratulations. How old is she? She is uh, two years younger than me, so like 30, 
39, nice. 38, 39. How was yeah. the wedding? How was it? Yeah. It was great. Where was where it? Was was great. It? it was um in this like little like Italian hall sort of thing. Uh, it's always good for those because I mean, like, what, what city, like what area? Oh, Philadelphia. Um, yeah, outside of Philadelphia. Okay, some Italian hall. Yeah, I would be Why love to see the whole. Setting? I love to see the whole Callahan clan together. Yeah, and that's that's kind of well. There's a lot of people who who couldn't make it. We're kind of spread out so much, but um, it was good to. I, I don't get to see a lot of my family members too much, so it was good to kind of see them. But yeah, so Ken and my dad, they're both going to be here, and then my neighbors across the street are going to come also for Thanksgiving, Christmas. I have no idea what we're doing yet. So your dad's um, with you through Thanksgiving, long stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he sleep yes. in that room that I slept in? He does. He sleeps, he sleeps in the guest bedroom. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. You know, um, you know, we just hang out. Just just dudes being guys or guys being dudes, whatever, <laughs> uh, whatever you're saying. Let's, is. let's get an update on the fridge. I think a lot of our loyal listeners were having concern about the fridge. Did you see that that um, Whirlpool responded to me on Twitter? No, but they're not. Yeah, they did. But they're not. I don't think they're going to do squat. But um, so we just purchased a new one. It just I just was like, screw this. Um, how much so how much it was like over two thousand so I mean you know, I guess because we wanted like we liked the 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 old one had we didn't want it we didn't want to downgrade from what we had before, and the old one had two ice makers in it, and my wife wanted that too you know still and all that, so yeah, but um no, we got the fridge it's been delivered, and uh that even was delayed. And this completely different company or whatever, but that was delayed a week. But um, no, so how long did you go? How long did you go without a working big fridge? It was at least two months, probably more. God, yeah, that is crazy you for know, a fam we, family we of four. Yeah, yeah, we did have the fridge up in the third floor, but yeah, I mean that that's you know that was it was a huge. The huge fridge on the headache. third the fridge on the third floor is a it's a dorm it's a college dorm fridge. Yeah, but I'm in. I've been impressed by how much space it actually has. We were able to really pack that thing up. So, okay, yeah. all right, good podcast. Um, Great podcast. Yeah, we got to think of some more topics here as signing day uh, comes around. There's just not much drama with this class. You know, I guess there's five more targets out there. A decommitment was was good to talk about. Um, we'll go from there. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Shout out to Blue Shark Vodka and Johnny T-Shirt. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Keep subscribing to uh, the YouTube to watch the videos and keep listening to the Second Island Podcast. We appreciate it. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.